Tonight, as we finish our Advent sermon series and talk about the idea of expectation, we will see that, that, that God delivers on his promises. Expectation is something that probably isn't a stranger to any of us, and yet we probably know the sorrow, the pain of unfulfilled expectation. I'm going to take you back a ways, a long time ago, not in a galaxy far, far away, but the year was 1984, and the movie that had just come out in June of 1984 was Ghostbusters. Yep, my friends all went to the movie the first weekend. For some reason, I couldn't go. I don't remember why. But I remember all of my friends telling me how great the movie was. One of the best movies they've ever seen. Ghostbusters is great. You've got to go see it. And it took a little while, but maybe a week or two later, I was able to go see Ghostbusters. And I can tell you, uh, I didn't like it. It wasn't, I didn't think it was very good. Now, I saw it again later and thought differently about it. It was actually a pretty funny movie, but... The reason I didn't like it is because I had set expectations so high. My friends had talked it up so much that I was sure the movie was just going to blow me away. And then I watched it and it wasn't very good. I'm going to guess most of you have had something similar happen. Maybe somebody talked to you about a movie or a television show and said it's the greatest thing ever and you watched it and you're like, eh, that was okay. Or maybe it was a restaurant. Somebody said, you got to go eat there. It's great. And then you go and it's like, huh. It's food. Maybe this has happened to you. Somebody told you about a class that you could sign up for and it's going to be an easy A, right? No problem. Professor's great. Great class and you take it and it's anything but. Yeah, these expectations that we sometimes set that go unfulfilled. I wonder if that's what John the Baptist was feeling a little bit as we read the story that's before us and the verses we're going to talk about tonight from Luke chapter 7. Just see if you think maybe a little bit of unfulfilled expectation is part of what John is feeling. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As we think about these words and, and John's expectations and even our own expectations, we'll talk tonight a little bit about Advent expectations. And, and, and note, first of all, that just like John and the people of his day, Today, there's some misguided ideas about what to expect of Jesus. And then we'll let Jesus remind us of who he is, his identity, and how that identity of Jesus brings us joy and comfort and peace. If you get a chance sometime after finals are over, go back and read the entire chapter of Luke 7. It's one of those amazing chapters in the Bible. It starts with, with Jesus healing the centurion's servant with just speaking the word. He doesn't even go to the man's house. 
And then he goes to a town called Nain where a widow's son has just died. They're having the funeral procession for her son. And Jesus raises the boy from the dead. On the heels of those two events, the events of our text happen. Those are the these things that Luke is talking about. And so John the Baptist finds himself in prison. He was put there by Herod maybe as much as a year before this because he had called Herod out on his lifestyle and Herod didn't like it very much. And this John, who at once had pointed to Jesus and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, now is unsure. He asks the question, Are you the one that was to come? Or should we be expecting someone else? Maybe the isolation, the loneliness that John experienced as he was in prison, the wonderment of what was happening with his life led him to have these thoughts. But you can see it, can't you? The uncertainty in John's mind, the doubts that had risen in his heart, wondering if everything that he had tried to prepare people for, this Messiah that was to come, was all for nothing. John needed answers. And so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus the question, are you the Messiah or should we expect someone else? Maybe just a, a comment about some of the thoughts that people of Jesus' day had about what the Messiah was going to look like. They had this idea that this earthly ruler, this power, a new king was going to rise and overthrow the Roman rule and, and bring the nation of Israel back to its former glory. And you can almost see, can't you, John and others looking at Jesus and saying, well, when? When is this great display of power going to happen? As of then, John was experiencing some unmet expectations. Maybe it's good for us to pause just for a second tonight and wonder to ourselves, what are our expectations when it comes to who Jesus is and, and what we want from him? I wonder if sometimes as God's people, we don't think of Jesus as sort of like this resource for us to solve all of our ills, to cure all of our problems, sort of like going to your app store on your phone and being able to pick out whatever you need to get you what you want at that time. Like somehow Jesus can just be relied upon to be our resource for whatever we're feeling at that time, whatever we need that day. But here's the problem with that. There are days when trouble comes. There are days that are trying, days that are frustrating, days filled with sorrow and pain. And it's at those times we might wonder, where are you, Jesus? Do, do you even know what's happening in our life? Are you really the one who can make a difference in our lives? See, we suffer really from the same thing that John did. Maybe in our own troubles, we feel so alone, like nobody could possibly understand what we're going through. And that leads to those same uncertainties, those same ideas that John had, the same doubts that John felt. And it's at times like this, it's so important to go back to hear what God says about himself and his word. It's so important to remember how big the God is that we serve. It was through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 55 that God spoke these words, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
We worship a God who's bigger than our troubles, who's bigger than any problems that we have, who knows what's best for us and who we can expect to work all things for our good. But we know that we're no strangers to doubt and we live in a world that's no strangers to doubt. This study actually came out just yesterday from the Pew Research people. They've been comparing over the years how many people in the United States of America claim to be Christians. And as of the end of 2021 in their research, it's about 63% of the people in the United States that claim to be Christian. Maybe that doesn't sound too bad until you look at the chart and see that it was only in 2007 that 78% of people claimed to be Christians in the United States. And then if you look at the line that comes up from the bottom, it's about the nuns, if you've never heard that word, N-O-N-E-S, those who claim to have no religious affiliation in that same 14-year time period went from 16% to 29%. Could it be that doubts are overtaking people's hearts and minds? People are wondering, well, where is this God that, that we thought was in charge of things and all of the bad things that are happening in the world? People want answers, and so do we. We need to hear again and again from God that he has everything in his hands and that our expectations, while they might not always be met exactly how we want, they will be met in the way that we need. So what makes Jesus' answer to John so amazing. It really wasn't an answer. It was more a pointing to his activity. Jesus sends John's disciples back to him and he says, Look, I am the fulfillment of what Isaiah prophesied. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. Leprosy is cured, the dead are raised. You see, Jesus pointed to his works in answer to John's question. You want to know who I am, John? Just look at my works. Look at my miracles. They speak for themselves. The things that Jesus did proved that he was and still is the Son of God. But it wasn't just Jesus' miracles that he pointed to. He also spoke the words that showed that he was the Son of God. He came to seek and to save the lost. The good news is being preached to the poor, Jesus said. The good news that the Savior of the world was here. In his words to John through John's disciples, he has one last encouragement for him. Blessed is the one who doesn't stumble on account of me. You see, when those expectations that John has or that we have of Jesus go unmet, there is a real temptation to say, well, Jesus isn't what we thought he was. He wasn't what we need him to be. And Jesus can be a stumbling block in those cases. But here's the blessing. Knowing what Christ has done, trusting in what Jesus has accomplished for us, that gives us everything that we need in him. We're just a few days away now from celebrating Christmas again and the coming of Jesus in Bethlehem. Maybe it's a good time at this time of year to ask that question of ourselves again. Well, who is this Jesus? Who is he to, to us? And to let him speak for himself, to identify himself for us. Obviously, we know his words, right? Jesus tells us that he's come to give us life, life to the full. It was the angels, the angel who spoke to the shepherds who said, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. 
we know the words that tell us who Jesus is. But maybe Jesus works. Sometimes we wonder if we've been left out a little bit when it comes to the miracles that Jesus did. Wouldn't it have been great to be there when Jesus raised someone from the dead? When he healed someone of their sickness? When he made a blind person be able to see again? If only those things would still happen today, it would be so much easier, right? But there are still miracles. And you're proof of those miracles. You're proof of those miracles because God has planted in your heart faith to believe in him. God has taken my stony heart, your stony heart of unbelief, and changed it by bringing the message, the good news of the gospel to you and to me. I think about this ministry at Wisconsin Lutheran Chapel and Student Center. I think about the hearts of the people that God has touched, the students who come through these doors on a daily basis, the people who volunteer their time, who offer their prayers, who give support to this ministry. It's amazing what God can accomplish. He's still at work. He's still at work with his powerful word, making people's lives change, their hearts change, and that's a miracle that our Heavenly Father has accomplished. And then there's the greatest miracle of all, what our Savior did for us, that he was willing to go to a cross and suffer and die for us, that that he rose again from the dead to guarantee that your sins are paid forever. That's how you and I are blessed. We're blessed to know the Savior from sin. One more blessing that we should think about. The blessing of the eyewitnesses who left the record for us to read in the Gospels and in in God's Word. Listen to what John said about his eyewitness testimony at the end of his Gospel in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, And that by believing, you may have life in his name. That's what Jesus' words and his works do. They give us life through him. A couple of takeaways from our message tonight. Number one, when our expectations of Jesus seem unmet, we find assurance in his words and in his works. When those doubts pop up, go right back to those words in the Gospels, in God's word. See again Jesus' miracles. Read again his promise to you that his sacrifice is all that you need for eternal life. That's point two. Jesus tells us that we are blessed through faith in him, blessed with life forever. He is the Son of God. And by believing in him, we have life in his name. All right, I think I can see your hands enough at least to ask you this question. How many of you, for your families, uh, fill out a wish list for Christmas gifts? Go ahead and raise your hands if you fill out a wish list for your Christmas gifts. Okay, I see about half. Half of you do that, huh? Maybe that's better. I don't know. I mean, there is some expectation, isn't there, if you're going to fill out a wish list that the people who are buying things for you or the people you're buying for as you look at their wish list, that at least some of those things on your wish list are going to be purchased? There's expectation that that will happen and then maybe it limits the surprise. If you're like me, you kind of like, even if somebody gives you a wish list, finding at least one thing that you can give to them that might surprise them. One thing that that you've kind of thought about, put a lot of effort into, 
And maybe their reaction won't be quite the same as this young lady on the board tonight. But it's cool to see somebody do that, right? When you exceed their expectations. That's exactly what our Heavenly Father has done. Gone even beyond our expectations. And the gift that we can expect from him, Jesus lays out for us in his word. Through what he tells us, through the works that he has performed, through his life, his death and resurrection, we have life. Life right now and life with him forever in heaven. It doesn't get any better than that. Amen. Tonight in our prayers, we'll include in our prayers for finals week this week and all the things that are coming up in the next few days for students and others. Uh, we'll also include in our prayers uh, the tornado victims from last week. And then you may have heard and maybe felt on your way here tonight that some of the winds not necessarily in our area, but in other areas of the country have caused damage and have left people without power. Uh, we'll pray for God's blessing and for uh, his hand of protection. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for a reminder tonight that we can expect great things from you. Forgive us for times when, when we have thought of you in terms that, that are only personal, that are, that are often selfish. And instead, remind us that everything that we need is found in you and in your sacrifice for us. Your willingness to lay down your life for us reminds us that we have life to the full, not just here in this world, but especially in the life that is to come. We pray for our students tonight, Lord. You know the strain and the stress and the anxiety that comes along with the finals week, and we pray that, that you allow students to, to see your hand of blessing in everything. Guide them through those finals. Give them the wisdom and intelligence that they need. Help them to trust that success belongs in your hands and that you will bless them in the way that is best for them. Give them an opportunity to find rest as well, Lord, uh, and he let them hear your invitation to come to you when they are weary and burdened and you will provide that rest. We also pray today for all of the people who are suffering in our country from uh, weather, whether the tornadoes from last week or the high winds and, and weather that has been happening today. Only you, Lord, can give the protection that people need. Where there has been loss of life, we ask for your comfort. Where there's been destruction of property, Lord, we ask you to let those, be, those, those blessings be restored to them. But most of all, use this as an opportunity, Lord, to remind all people that this life is a temporary place and our true home is with you in heaven. And it's through Jesus that we find that. Fulfill those expectations, Lord, the expectations that you lay, for, lay out for us in your word and guide us to our heavenly home. We pray all these things in our Savior Jesus' name. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.